This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Mahachek, and I gotta tell you, I am in the thick of it with the final two semesters of my nutrition doctoral program. Uh, By the way, thank you to those who took advantage of my reduced rate sessions. It's a win-win situation where you get a service of a master level, soon to be doctoral level nutritionist, and I get the hours and feedback from my supervisor to make my approach to nutrition even more polished. So I appreciate you helping me with this. Um, There was something that I had sent out a request for uh, last month, and I think I talked about it in previous episodes. So I appreciate those of you who took advantage of that, and it's been immensely helpful. And I know that you are uh, getting some, some value out of those sessions as well. So as I've been working in my private nutrition practice over the years, a number of patterns have emerged. And this is what I want to spend a little bit of time talking about today, as you can tell from the episode title. I am one who loves to sit and observe those around me. Like being in an airport is my jam. I could just sit and watch people walk by all day long. Uh, In fact, I was told once by a friend that I terrified him because he didn't want to know what I was noticing about him, which (laughs) kind of speaks volumes to, you know, maybe what's going on with him. But, uh, but yeah, he, he actually said, you know, I, you terrify me just watching you sit and watch people. So uh, hopefully he didn't mean that in like a creepy way. I'm like, you know, just watching people and being creepy about it. But I, I seriously love to just observe human behavior. It's fascinating. So I start to notice trends and patterns, especially in what people say and and also what their actions are. And I'll, I'm going to share more about this as I as I go in the next you know upcoming few podcasts and as the podcast continues, uh, because we as a human species are funny, funny creatures. And I love to point out some of the humor in our ways as well. Uh, But we'll talk more about that in upcoming episodes. But the pattern and the trend that I wanna talk about today comes from a notion that I hear people say a lot. And that is, I feel like I need a reset when it comes to nutrition. Is this you? Have you felt that way at any point? Oftentimes we may say this after a vacation or a holiday period when we've been eating foods we don't normally eat or uh, maybe we're not as active as we usually are or maybe our sleep patterns are are off a little bit it happens right it happens to almost everybody at some point i also hear from people who have been so career or family focused over the over the years that their own needs and their own health have been pushed to the background and now they are kind of at a crossroads of feeling fatigued. Maybe they have some health issues going on. And most alarmingly, they don't feel like themselves or they may feel lost. Many people in the health and wellness industry have very strong opinions about the concept of resetting your nutrition. It's, it's said a lot of different ways. I don't really want to get into that. Um, I, for one, I don't care what you call it. If you aren't feeling like yourself and you identify that focusing on your own needs is necessary, 
I think shifting gears and focusing on doing this is going to be the most important thing in this particular moment. So I want to share a story because I feel like I learn best when it comes from stories. And I feel like most people can appreciate story time. So we're going to do story time with Stephanie right now. I want to share a story of a client that I worked with who I won't name, but she did give me permission to share her story on the podcast. Um, I'm sharing this because I think many of you can relate and it may help you. So this person is a mother of three. She's in her mid thirties and she came to me on a recommendation from a friend of hers because she felt run down. She just had that kind of mid thirties mom fatigue. If you know, you know, you know, and I'm sure dads have that as, as well. But uh, for this case, she was a mom. And when I spoke with her for the first time, she told me she, quote, needed to lose 25 pounds. And that was her main goal. She said, quote, if I just lost the 25 pounds, I would be so much happier. Now, normally I don't coach people solely for the purpose of weight loss. I don't believe weighing a certain number that you once did, maybe in your 20s, is the key to health. I just don't. I have lots of studies to back that up. But I focus on your labs, your symptoms, your lifestyle, your actions, your goals, instead of simply the scale. However, I also meet people where they're at, and that was her main goal. I could also tell, you know, as a mother myself, that she needed deeper support than just the weight loss. And I was kind of excited to dig deeper with her to discover that. So I asked her if she had been to the doctor for just basic standard labs. And she said she hadn't been to the doctor in years because she knows she needs to lose weight and wanted to do that first so the doctor wouldn't yell at her to lose weight. And I unfortunately hear this quite often that a lot of people, both men and women, postpone doctor visits, annual doctor visits, certain exams, certain scans, because they don't want to hear it about their weight. And, you know, it it's a travesty. It's really a sad thing that, that people are so beaten down from our society, from, from certain doctors, from people, for, maybe from family members, from everybody about their weight, that they're going to withhold or withgo or not go to a crucial potentially doctor appointment. So anyways, I discussed the importance of getting her annual visits done. By the way, typical parent, <laughs> you bet her kids have gone to the doctor every year for their well child checks. But of course, it had been quite a few. I think if I remember, right, it had been like six or seven years for her. Um, anyways, I, it's a common thing. I, I get it. So I discussed that importance of getting her annual visits done. So she did actually go in and do this. And it turns out, her labs indicated she had a rather significant vitamin D deficiency, which again, super common in North America. Um, but especially just with her lifestyle, she was also at risk for vitamin D deficiency. So uh, her doctor told her to start supplementing and we did find her a, a good supplement that is a good quality brand that, that works for her. Anyway, so she also had relatively high blood pressure, but wasn't yet diagnosed with hypertension. Um, it, you know, it, it's not common for just one reading to diagnose you as hypertension. 
So if um, people are worried about that, you know, just one reading isn't going to, you know, label you as hypertensive, um, but it is more of a pattern type of situation. But for her, that particular reading was relatively high, a little bit above and beyond what it would be with normal like white coat syndrome type of thing. Um, so she also had glucose numbers that were getting very, very close to that pre-diabetic range. Her, she wasn't again, diagnosed with anything, but it was, it was elevated. Her doctor also discussed possibly going on a very popular medication right now that helps with weight loss and blood sugar, but she wanted to try some nutritional things first. She wanted to focus on some changes some lifestyle stuff first. Now, as an aside, higher glucose numbers, which is what she had, most people think it's just simply that this person's having too much sugar and it can be a contributor, you know, too much sugar. From my perspective though, from the clinical nutrition side, it can also mean that they, that person has dysregulated eating patterns and that they could maybe benefit from some more consistent meal timing around their day and around their activity. And it turns out that's exactly what was happening because she was so exhausted all the time and also had that self-inflicted stress of trying to lose 25 pounds. She was restricting certain foods. She was fasting at inappropriate times and then binging later when she did actually eat because she hadn't eaten a lot. So she was kind of stuck in that vicious cycle that unfortunately, again, I hear so often from diet culture and, and some of the myths that we have in our brain about how to lose weight. Now for her, we discussed a better pattern of eating that worked for her schedule. She has kids, she's getting them to school, she's doing all these things. So she needed a better pattern for her schedule. And that's exactly what we worked on. We worked through some of those food beliefs that she had carried with her from her teens and her twenties and sidebar, a lot of my coaching involves busting through old rumors and dieting myths. So this is, you know, pretty standard for me to talk with people about. We also discussed her level of confidence in the kitchen and what types of foods she felt comfortable preparing. This goes unsaid quite a bit. She was labeling herself as a quote, bad cook. And it was something that she didn't enjoy. But when we talked through a little bit more, it kind of came down to that she just wasn't as experienced. And I want to point out, most people can follow a recipe. I have people <laughs> fight me on that. They're like, no, even following the recipe, I'm still a bad cook. No, <laughs> you can, re if you can read and you can read a recipe, you can read numbers, you can read words, you can follow a recipe. If you can follow directions, you can follow a recipe. That's literally what it is, is directions on how to cook something. But we tend to place barriers on cooking for other reasons, like time or maybe lack of energy or lack of preparation or whatever, but it doesn't mean you're a bad cook, right? So maybe you just need some confidence boosting recipes to get you back in the game, or maybe you just need a few more, you know, experience moments in the kitchen to give you that, that confidence. Nobody's expecting you to be a Gordon Ramsay or some fancy chef, right? You just need to cook some dinner. So anyways, I gave her a packet of recipes that were under 30 minutes with very minimal ingredients and no fancy schmancy prep involved. We focus on more anti-inflammatory ingredients. Again, as we've talked about in previous podcast episodes, most chronic conditions like elevated glucose and blood pressure are inflammatory conditions. There's an inflammation component involved. So we did kind of an assessment about that and we talked through some of the things that were contributing and we focus on more anti-inflammatory ingredients, lots of veggies and bright colors, and we filled her day with high fiber filling foods. Now, 
After about two weeks, I usually see people every other week or every couple of weeks. After two weeks, we met again and it was already a night and day difference. She was sleeping better. She was seeking out new recipes on her own. Miss, I don't like to cook, was going on Pinterest and finding some recipes. She was prepping veggies to have on hand. Her family was eating more veggies by default because they weren't cooking dinner. They were just kind of, you know, tossing the mix, which I also hear a lot. People will tell me that they get a two for or a three for or a four for when they work with me because you know, they're the cooks of the house. And so what they prepare, everyone eats and everyone kind of naturally eats better. Anyway, she was buying less snacky foods like chips and processed foods. They were still having some, but this wasn't a, a big component of their meals anymore. A quick note on this, I never told her she couldn't have anything. I never said to cut out chips or cookies. I simply filled her plate with certain foods that filled her up and helped balance her blood sugars. So she wasn't craving certain foods anymore. And she never felt deprived because I never told her to not have anything. She did have treats during that two weeks, um, but she felt more in control around them, she said, and she didn't overeat them as she once had. So she also felt less tired. So that was the main thing. She came because she was run down. She was fatigued and she labeled it as she needed to lose weight, but really it was some underlying things going on. Now, the next steps were to build her a movement routine that she felt comfortable with. Now, I am a personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer since the early 2000s. And uh, although I, you will not find me in a gym as a trainer, I tend to just kind of build this into the experience of my nutrition clients as a way to take more of a holistic approach to their health. So she started simply walking and stretching for the next two weeks in addition to continuing to eat how she had been for the previous two weeks. I gave her some new recipes to try out and she was also adding some more of her own. And we also discussed when to exercise that would be best for her. So after another two weeks, she felt even better, as you can imagine. She felt she had built great habits. She felt more energized. She didn't feel deprived and she was feeling stronger. We were still working through some of those old food beliefs throughout this whole entire time. I don't want you to think that just those just kind of went away because she was building new habits, you know, she, the, some of those are really deep rooted and lingering. And so she discovered some actually hidden traumas from her past that she felt was adding to the feeling of being stuck and some of the more emotional sides of things. So I referred her to a therapist for some deeper work. And she said that it had helped her tremendously to do that kind of get a tag team approach. Again, I don't want to be a one-stop shop for anybody. I don't believe healthcare should be a one-stop shop. I feel we all need a team, a healthcare team. We need a medical doctor. We need therapists. We need nutritionists. We need fitness trainers. We need every, we need a holistic approach. That is holistic health right there. You need multiple people's experiences and trainings in different departments of your health to give you the full experience. So anyways, recently she went back to the doctor for a follow-up visit. Originally, the doctor wanted her to come back so essentially they could discuss going on that medication. The doctor, or I'm sorry, the client felt the doctor was kind of waiting for her to fail, which, oh my gosh, I hope that wasn't the case. But she had her labs run again and her glucose was now well in the normal range, not even borderline high at all. All her numbers were, were in the great range, normal range. And she also had lowered her blood pressure to a well below low, uh, normal range. I shouldn't say below. It was in the normal range by a lot. So, and, and she had lost around eight or nine pounds. So the doctor was shocked. She was shocked. I was not shocked. 
<laughs> I was, <laughs> I just wasn't. I'm like, no, you changed these amazing habits. Well, of course you saw results. Now her experience is obviously an ideal outcome, but it's an example of someone thinking they needed to simply just lose weight and that's going to solve all their problems. And instead of focusing solely on what the scale said each day, because she was weighing daily, she focused on the action-oriented outcomes that she could actually control. She originally labeled it as a reset, and it, it could be considered that, but it was also a shift in her perspective. She didn't overcomplicate things. We kept it all really simple, and the results were amazing. By the way, she no longer is focused on her weight which is awesome. And may I add, it's probably very freeing. I haven't asked her that, but it's very freeing when you don't solely focus on the number on the scale. Now she's just focusing on getting stronger and she potentially wants to run a 10K soon. So she's got some very different health goals now than when we first started talking. So what part of her story do you resonate with? Do you feel like you need a reset on your nutrition or do you simply need a change of perspective on what your goals actually are? One question to consider, are the goals you have for yourself actually your goals? For that client, she assumed she needed to lose 25 pounds. I asked her why that number and that was just the number that she felt most people try to lose. Wasn't her goal to begin with. So she was already setting herself up to potentially fail and start that cycle of guilt, shame all over again. So are the goals that you are setting actually yours or are they the goals that someone else has and you just inadvertently adopted for your own? Do you have a weight loss goal? Why did you pick that number? Do you ever notice that when somebody says that they have a goal to lose weight, the number is always like a perfectly rounded number, like 25 pounds, 10 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever. As if if you lost only 23 of those 25 pounds, you're a failure because it wasn't the 25. You know what I mean? There's no difference. One number on the scale does not make a difference. So the number really, really doesn't matter. It's the actions you take that matter. It's the health changes internally and externally, mentally and physically that matter. I'm gonna say that again, the number on the scale doesn't matter. It's the consistent actions that you take that matter. So set a goal instead of a weight loss goal, set a goal to walk 30 minutes five times a week or set a goal to eat a veggie at every meal. Focus on the goals you actually have control over not the number on the scale, which is essentially impacted by so many things and out of your control in many regards. So, all right, if you found this story of my client's experience helpful, I encourage you to think about what action you could take today to start making waves on your own goal. Maybe your first action is to write out your actual goals. Are they your goals <laughs> or maybe are they somebody else's? Maybe your first step is to do a self-assessment of your current actions and behaviors and highlight the ones that maybe aren't supportive right now and, and find the ones and write down actions that would be supportive. Or maybe you're lost and don't know what your next move is. If that's you, I got you. Send me a message or email me and or schedule a free consult using that link in the show notes and let's talk about it. I have a limited amount of clients that I work with at a time so that I can be dedicated to each one and offer maximum support and attention. 
Um, but let's see. Let's see if working together is a good fit or if there's a, another service that may, you may benefit from. The bottom line, if you find yourself feeling like you need a reset, identifying what that means to you and what action steps, not restrictions, you can take to help get you back to feeling energized, healthy, and confident. I hope you found this episode helpful. Or if you if you think somebody you know, if this is a story that they need to hear, please go ahead and hit that share button or send them the URL link so that they can listen to and maybe you'll be the person that changes their life. I appreciate you being here and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.